Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mister, how do you operate this Twitter thing or this Instagram thing or whatever the heck? You're supposed to know all this stuff. Anyway, welcome back to the show. Hour two begins here in Durham, North Carolina. Glad you all have joined us. Mike DeBate is on the way to talk Panthers and Texans. And uh, got a few other things in mind while I wait for Mike to uh, call in. I'm going to start with a subject as we begin our week three discussions here. Why is the disrespect still falling the way of the 49ers? Now, a lot of people are going to say, hey, you're being a homer. You're damn right, because the 49ers are 2-0, Jimmy G's 2-0, and yet the respect still happens. Mike DeBate joins me via the Kingsman Builders Group hotline. Good morning, sir. Glad to have you. Good morning, Brian. Always my pleasure, always my honor to join you here. And I happen to agree with you on the homerism. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean a lack of objectivity, and I think that's what we're dealing with here when it comes to the 49ers. The Niners are 2-0. Jimmy Garoppolo's healthy. George Kittle is healthy. They basically have solved their running game because they've got some bodies in that can play running back. They have one of the feature games. And yet, and you've seen it, everyone still expects them to fall flat on their ass. Why? I don't know. I really and truly don't. I mean, I can't understand the reasoning behind really taking, I think, a lot away from what this team has been able to do. They really were decimated by tremendous injury in 2020. Come back in 2021, now all of a sudden they lose Raheem Mostert. This is a problem for the uh, for most teams in the league when they lose one of their most prolific runners, one of their most prolific offensive weapons. But the 49ers have adjusted. They will continue to adjust. This is a team that's very much capable of handling some adversity and being able to put it back and put a quality product out on the field. I share your curiosity, my friend. The 49ers are 2-0. and They're a legitimate 2-0, and and they're a force to be reckoned with in the NFC. And the best part, the offensive line has only allowed one sack in two games. Right. The question was across the front, across the offensive line, because of the holes they had to uh, fill in and who they got in the draft. One sack they've allowed in two games. Yeah, absolutely. And the best thing about a team or one of the best ways to really evaluate a team and the progress that they're able to make is taking a look at what they do well. And if your offensive line is clicking on all cylinders and you're protecting the run, you're protecting the pass, then that's half the battle right there. It allows so much. It allows your running game to be able to be prolific. It allows the running game to set up play action. And Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the better quarterbacks in the league at running an offense out of play action. So a lot to digest, a lot to think about there. But without any question, this is a team that can do it. They just have to be given the opportunity to do it. And I think at this point, they're showing that they're definitely a force, again, a force to be reckoned with in the NFC and throughout the league. Exactly. And speaking of a team that has a chance to prove 
to be a force to be reckoned with. That happens tonight in Houston, Texas, when the Carolina Panthers face the Houston Texans in Houston. Now, granted, this is a downtrodden Houston team. Week one, they had a downtrodden uh, New York Jets team. But I'm old school and thinking 2-0 and is 2-0, and and a chance to make it three in a row on a short week where they beat the heck out of New Orleans 26-7, and now they have to fly to Houston. And this could be every bit of a trap game were it not for the troubles that the Houston Texans are facing right now. Yeah, without question. Look, you know, Bill Parcells once said, you are what your record says you are. And if you have a chance to go 3-0, and that does spell well for you. I don't care about some of the pundits that want to put power rankings in and take, you know, strength of schedule and whatnot. I agree, those are all factors. But to go 3-0 and to begin the season is impressive for any team. And it's something that any team should be proud of. Carolina Panthers would be very proud of that. They are under the pressure to win tonight, no question about it, because everyone expects them to with, a, like you said, a downtrodden Houston Texans team. But this is still a game that they can't overlook. This is the NFL. Any given Sunday, or in this case Thursday night, can produce a victory where you don't expect it. So the Carolina Panthers are going to have to come out be solid on both sides of the ball. If they do that, I think this could be a game that uh, moves them uh, even further ahead in the standings. Absolutely, it, it will. And I think Carolina wins as well tonight. We'll get to our official pick in just a moment. Want to go over, let's, let's get some other storylines out of the way. Due to an injury, the Bears will start Justin Fields against the Browns in week three. That's one of the games I have for our picks tomorrow when we do our picks tomorrow, after, uh, tomorrow morning. But the storyline is Justin Fields. That's what everyone wants you to think. Old Snowman says the storyline is Matt Nagy and the words that he has said over and over again that Andy Dalton will be the starter if he's, if he's healthy. Why do I get the feeling Matt Nagy is going to renege on that statement in the next couple of weeks? <laughs> I think we all have the feeling that that's going to happen because quietly from what I'm hearing from Bears camp is that there have been rumblings about things that Justin Fields does during practice, things that he does in the locker room, not only leadership ability, but, you know, the ability that he's showing on the field that kind of raises the eyes of a lot of players on this team saying, wow, this kid's really capable. He can do the job. I heard that quite often throughout training camp when it comes to the New England Patriots and Matt Jones. So when your teammates are taking that type of eye to you and they're putting that type of trust in you, it gives you the impression that they're willing and, and, and uh, able to play under Justin Fields. I think he does take advantage of his opportunity. I think he takes a stranglehold on this quarterback position. And no disrespect to Andy Dalton, but right now, if you're the Bears, you got to try to play for the future, and the future is Justin Fields. Absolutely it is, and I want to see Justin Fields do well. And while we're on that story, you know the one thing that bugs the daylights out of me is that porous offensive line. Yeah, without any question. And you have to be able to shore that up. Anytime you're protecting a quarterback, and we just talked about this with the 49ers, I see it a lot here in New England. There have been some offensive line questions, and that was supposed to be one of their big strengths here, Brian, was protecting the quarterback. Mac Jones been under a lot of pressure. It's imperative on the Chicago Bears or any team defending a quarterback, especially a young rookie, give him the time he needs. Give him the chance to make the reads. Give him the chance to extend plays with his legs. 
Give them the chance to make throws down the field. You can't do any of that if your offensive line is porous and your quarterback is constantly under pressure. That is so important, and it's going to be really imperative on that offensive coaching staff for the Bears this week to give Justin Fields the protection he needs. If they do that, I think he's more than capable of taking it to the next level. And the other thing about the Chicago Bears, and we're going to touch on this um, tomorrow. We're going to touch on this tomorrow before we do our picks. Why don't they use David Montgomery? Yeah, again, one of the great questions. I mean, you know, one of the more prolific weapons that you have on your team not being utilized or being underutilized is something that Matt Nagy, I think, is going to have to eventually answer to. He's already under pressure and under fire answering those types of questions. But give it the opportunity. Give Use all the weapons that you have at your disposal to be able to win. Um, you know, again, we see it with every team. I know I bring it back to the Patriots, but mm-hmm. one of the big questions right now in New England is why isn't Mac Jones, Josh McDaniels, utilizing that two tight end set with John o. Smith and Hunter Henry? You brought these guys in for a reason. Right. Give them the chance to be able to make things work for you. If you're the Chicago Bears, David Montgomery is one of your prolific weapons. Give him the opportunity to help you to win. It only strengthens your team. Um, obviously there are matchup issues and things that, you know, that come up. We all understand that sometimes players are going to be more utilized than others, depending on the game plan or your opponent, but he's been used very sparingly so far. It's time to take the shrink wrap off for 2021, get this guy in the game. And let's go, let's go to Dallas and look at the Cowboys. Yes, they're one and one. They should easily be 0 and two if uh, McCarthy has coached his team into blunders he's coached he coached him out of one last sunday and i bring the same question to dallas as i did with chicago why are they not using their best weapon in ezekiel elliott yeah so that again i mean you know you want to put the game in the hands of your quarterback and jack prescott is more than capable of giving you a chance to win every game that he's in Dak is that good and he looks healthy he looks good and looks like he's back to form Mm-hmm. Zeke Elliott is such an elite runner. He's such a versatile runner, a lot more versatile than people give him credit for. He can run for power. He can run for finesse. He can drop back, and he can. he's capable of receiving the ball out of the backfield. You know, Give him the chance to do that if you're trying to spark it and give him another dimension to his game. But ultimately, you have to use him. And that's on Mike McCarthy. That's on the offensive staff of the Dallas Cowboys to get him more involved, give him the opportunity to help you win because there's a good amount of talent on that Dallas team. They can hang with anybody and they can be in any game that they play. The problem is, is they need solid coaching at the top and they need the players to be able to do what they need to do. That's something that I think, uh, you know, is, is so imperative and so, uh, you know, indelible in, in game planning. And there's, there's just, there's no other way to, to, to change it. You have to be able to, uh, to get these guys involved. And I, Still am waiting for Dallas to be able to utilize Zeke a little more effectively. Back to San Francisco. Uh, Pundit brought this to my attention and actually laughed when he brought it to my attention. His words to me were, quote, Brandon Ayuk was a reach when the 49ers drafted him. And he also put in front of me, he only has one catch on the season for six yards in two games. And he also put the word overrated in front of me when it came to Brandon Ayuk. Not so fast, my friend. The 49ers are healthy, okay? That's the first thing. The 49ers are healthy. And I feel Brandon Ayuk is going to be in 
the 49er passing game throughout the course of the season. When you have a healthy Debo, when you have a healthy Debo Samuel, you're going to use him. When you have a healthy George Kittle, you're going to use him. They're predicated on the run. You don't leave Brandon Nayuk out of the passing situation, despite what some of the pundits, and I know you've read them, despite what some of the pundits are saying that the 49ers need to get rid of Brandon Nayuk, if they do that, that's a huge mistake. Yeah, absolutely. And I, again, I have been a very big proponent of Brandon Ayuk since they drafted him. He was someone that I really wanted to see the Patriots pursue when that draft was happening, simply because he's that type of run, that type of receiver that can get open. He can be a danger in the slot. He can be a danger on the outside. He's got speed. He's got quickness, and he's got the field savvy and the awareness to know where the ball needs to be at all times. That's something you can't coach. That's something that players have, have instinctive in them to be able to know the field very well. Yes, you can get better at it. You can hone your craft, but it's something that really I think is indelible in some players. I see it in Ayuk, and I really don't think it's smart for them to give up on him. And I don't think for and for what it's worth, Brian, I don't think the, uh, the 49ers will, but it's interesting to hear all of this out there on him. Uh, to me, I think they're, uh, you know, maybe uh, – I'm I'll reserve judgment. Let's just say I just don't think it's a good idea for the 49ers to uh, to entertain that. And I think John Lynch and the and the Niners brass know that better than anybody. They they there's a reason they brought Brandon Ayuk into the onto the team, and they're not going to give up on him immediately, despite what everyone says. If that's the case, they'd have given up on Raheem Mostert when everyone was saying things about him when he got in, when he got injured last year. They're saying the same things this year, and I feel bad for Mostert. I'm just hoping that he comes back healthy and proves everybody wrong. But this 49er running game on Sunday night is going to present a lot of problems to Green Bay. That is tomorrow. We'll discuss that tomorrow. Tonight, we go to Houston, Texas. It's the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans, and I don't think this will be close. It's at NRG Stadium in Houston. The line right now is the Panthers minus eight. Over under is 43. The Panthers are 7-0 against the spread in their last seven road games. Make it eight. I'm going with the Panthers, and I'm laying them all. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I'm going with the Panthers, and I'm laying them all as well. And look, bottom line, the Texans' run defense is the reason why I think the Panthers have an easier time in this. Nick Chubb had 11 carries, 95 yards. Lovey Smith is overseeing a scheme change in this Texans' defense from 3-4 to a 4-3. Christian Kirksey's coming in. He's calling the signals. If the Texans' run fits are leaky again on Thursday, this could be a very big game for Christian McCaffrey. He looks like himself again. He had a really difficult year in 2020 with injury. Saints managed to hold him for only three yards per carry last week, but he's got that explosive step back. And if he can break loose, and I think he will do that tonight, I really do. I think this could be a big win for the Carolina Panthers, who right now are facing the Houston Texans team with 
Davis Mills may be facing some uncertainty. Again, no disrespect to Davis. I think he's going to be able to try to find himself, but it's going to take a little bit of time. This is a game that the Carolina Panthers should win and should win pretty handily. Uh, I'm Like I said, I'm going with the Panthers. I'm laying all the points, and this should be a game that Carolina wins very handily. That is our game pick for tonight. It's presented by the Kingsman Builders Group. Uh, look at them online at kingsmanbgproperties.com. Remember, tomorrow it's our play action pools picks. We got them all. We got them all ready, and we're going to give them to you tomorrow to wrap up hour two of the program. This is Mike Debate. He joins me every week to talk football. I love having him on. This is the fourth season he's been with me, and there's going to be a lot more after this. As long as there's football, there's me and Mike during hour two of the program. Great to have you again, my friend. Absolutely. Like I said, always great to be here. My honor and my pleasure. Looking forward to making more picks with you tomorrow, buddy. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate the time. Anytime. Mike DeBay joining me here, and it's going to get ugly in Houston, Texans, Houston, Texas tonight. I'm saying that, and I mean that. It's going to get ugly. I mean it. It's going to get absolutely ugly. That's why I'm taking the Panthers, and that's also why I'm laying the points. They're favored by eight. I think they'll win this game by double digits. Stand by, folks. Got another snowman's take for you. And then Chris Dietz will come on board for the College Football Express. This is Snowman in the Morning. Rolling along here on this Thursday edition, Chris Dietz at the bottom of the hour to talk college football. But while we got a few minutes, I read something funny. I read something totally funny this past the past couple of days where I have been sicker than a dog and about as exhausted as you can be. And what I read was is that Ben Simmons will not return to the 76ers and he also said that he will not come to 76 he will not report to 76ers camp okay everybody wants to know my thoughts on this and my thoughts on this are who cares Ben Simmons has been a bust since he's been in the league because he can't shoot. I mean, a defensive dynamo? Hardly. I don't trust Ben Simmons on defense, and neither should you. I've had people trying to talk me into believing Ben Simmons would be a good fit with the Golden State Warriors. Wrong answer. Because the Golden State Warriors are predicated on defense, and Ben Simmons doesn't play any defense. Dag nabbit. How many times do I have to tell you? Ben Simmons is a liability on the floor, and Doc Rivers proved it in the seven-game series against the Atlanta Hawks when he had him playing <coughs> garbage time. He had him playing garbage time in game two and a couple of other games in that series. 
So do you really expect Ben Simmons not reporting to camp to actually mean something? Ha! I don't. Those of us who really know basketball and really watch the game have the same two words. Who cares? Who absolutely gives a flying bleep about Ben Simmons? Okay? He's been a liability since he came into the league. He will continue to be a liability unless he works on his game. All right? I'm going to go one step further. There are quite a few players that are liabilities in this league, even though they've been in, some have been in 10-plus years. I'll give you four of them right now. I got four names for you that are liabilities to their teams. Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, LeBron James. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't hear those four names? I'll say them again. Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and LeBron James. All liabilities to their team. All of them. Why do I say those four players are liabilities? And let me say those four players again. Ben Simmons, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James. Why do I put those four names in the liability category? It's pretty simple. Jacks of all trades, masters of none. You know, folks want to say Kyrie Irving has the best handles in the league. Ha! That's a wrong statement. That's a false statement because Stephen Curry has the best handles in the league. Some want to say Kyrie Irving is the best point guard in the league. Wrong answer. Same answer as before. Best point guard in the league wears number 30. Some people want to appoint LeBron James as the best player of all time. I've seen better. I will always continue to see better than the person who likes to intimidate or impersonate, I beg your pardon, Michael Jeffrey Jordan by wearing the number and trying to do everything that MJ did. You know, like earn a billion dollars. You know, like make a movie. Okay? And now I, I hear that he's um, that he's executive producing a movie. The I Promise movie. Really? Really? I hate to inform y'all of this, but he doesn't even control that doggone school. All he did was put a billion bucks, was put a million bucks into it. Or however million he donated. I don't want to get the number incorrect. That's all he did. What LeBron James did for that school is what a lot of corporate sponsors do for arenas. He paid for the naming rights. That's it. That's it. That's all. That's that. As far as Kyrie Irving goes, do you know which Kyrie Irving will show up to games? Do you know which Kyrie Irving will actually play? Do you know which Kyrie Irving will actually give a damn when it comes to basketball? Because he hasn't been that way since 2016. I hate to inform you of this. I hate to inform you, Kyrie Irving fans, that he thought that after only 11 games at Duke, he was going to be the next best thing. He hasn't proven it yet. There's only one shot that identifies Kyrie, and he hasn't duplicated it. And that's the championship series winner in 2016 against Golden State. In a series that should not have gone seven games anyway, because LeBron James had a backdoor hand in it.
And y'all know how I feel about that series. More on that later. But do you, act, and then there's James Harden. Oh, dear God. I saw a stat line one time of James Harden being 7 for 27 from the field and 13 for 13 from the line. Do you really want to trust your offense into a guy that does that on a nightly basis? I'll tell you the answer right now. No. Hell no. I already told you my thoughts on Ben Simmons. How the hell are you going to trust your offense to a player that's so afraid to shoot the basketball that he passes up a wide-open dunk in crunch time? Anybody remember game seven against the Hawks in Philadelphia? That should have been a blowout win for Philadelphia. A blowout win. They should have walked all over the Atlanta Hawks, but, it, but they allowed Atlanta to steal game one, and they allowed Atlanta to steal game seven. You know one of the big reasons? Ben Simmons. Because he cannot and will not shoot the basketball. And he ain't that good on defense. I'm sorry. Everybody wants to say Ben Simmons should have been defensive player of the year. Wrong answer. And it ain't the medicine that's making me think like this. It's 40 years of basketball that I've watched. It's 40 years of basketball that I have observed. And I've seen better point guards play defense than what I saw Ben Simmons play. I've seen better. Dagnabbit, I've seen better. I've watched better. I've seen better in person. I've seen better at the high school level than what I see in the NBA right now when it comes to defense. There ain't any. And there hasn't been any for a long time. There just hasn't. Okay? So to all you folks that actually believe Ben Simmons is an elite point guard, try again. Because if he was an elite point guard, he would have led the Sixers to a series win over Atlanta, and it should have been done in five games at most, period. Five games at most. You know, some I, I had a friend... You know, send me a mixtape, and I'm tired of mixtapes. I'm tired of mixtapes from people that are supposed to be elite, and they're not. When he sent me the mixtape of Ben Simmons' highlights at LSU, I said, why are you sending me this? And his answer to me was, because Ben Simmons is going to be the next big thing. Um, Justin, I hate to tell you this, but I haven't seen it yet. To me, the two best point guards in the NBA right now are Damian Lillard and Stephen Curry. And it just depends on the night of who has the, who has the better night. Of who's one and who's 1A. Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons... Great point guards? Bah! I'll believe it when I see it. And so far, given the fact that Kyrie Irving's played 11 seasons, given the fact that Ben Simmons has played four going into his fifth, and we don't even know who's going to sign Ben Simmons. We don't even know if he's going to land anywhere. 
And frankly, and this is probably a get-off-my-lawn mentality, but I'm going to go ahead and say it, frankly, I hope he doesn't land anywhere. I hope that Ben Simmons does not get signed by a team at all. Why? Because we don't need that kind of scared, blankless basketball in the NBA. If you're six foot ten, and you have the advantage height-wise over every other point guard in the NBA, why don't you use it? Why don't you even take a chance in using it? Why is the fact that you passed up a wide-open dunk in a winner-take-all game? In a winner-take-all game. And you passed up a dunk that would have tied the score. Because it's in your head, as the TNT announcers said correctly. Because it's in your head that you can't shoot the basketball. Here's a piece of advice, Ben Simmons. You know how shooters get out of their slumps? You know how players get out of their slumps? No matter what sport, and I'll, I'll stay with basketball here for the moment. You know how players get out of their slumps? More to the point, and I'll say it again. Do you know how shooters get out of their slumps? It's a simple two-word thing. Keep shooting! That's just one man's opinion. I could be wrong. I don't think I am. And again, I hope Ben Simmons doesn't land anywhere. Don't need to see that false point guard in the NBA until he actually works on his game and actually proves to a team that he can make a shot in clutch time. Sign him to a 10-day contract. And I'm really being mean here, but I don't care. I don't care. I'm saying it the way it needs to be said and should have been said when he came into the league. And Philadelphia, you messed up by giving him $100 million. $100 million. Over four seasons. To do what? In a game seven? A game? The process got too comfortable, and now it is blown up. Good. Get Ben Simmons' ass out of there. Get him out of there. And tell him, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. If I'm Doc Rivers and I see Ben Simmons heading toward the door, I lock the door. I lock the door. I don't care. I know uh, Doc Rivers is trying to be politically correct, but say it the way it needs to be said, Doc. Ben Simmons is not a part of our team anymore. Because Ben Simmons is too chicken blank to play. Want me to say it again? I'll say it again. It goes like this. Ben Simmons is too chicken blank to play. And play hard. Find the lie. Just find the lie. The College Football Express will wrap up the show after this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mister, how do you operate this Twitter thing or this Instagram thing or whatever the heck? You're supposed to know all this stuff. Anyway, welcome back to the show. Down the stretch we come as we welcome Chris Dietz and the College Football Express. Good morning, sir. Glad to have you. Morning, Snowman. Good, another good week of college football. Okay, I'm going to start with a hybrid question because this has blown up my messenger in the past 10 minutes. Should Urban Meyer have stayed at college? <laughs> should, should, wait, say that again? Should Urban Meyer have stayed a college coach? <laughs> it, it, it's two games in. Let's, let, let's calm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as long as he, as long as he doesn't pull a Nick Saban and leave halfway through the season, he's he's okay in my book. Okay, okay. Because, like I said, it's just, it, it just came across here, and I figured I'd add it as a bonus question. All right, let's hop let's hop on the express. Talk to me about the targeting rule or lack thereof here. Talk to me. Targeting needs college football needs to change targeting and. I'm okay with the penalty. I'm okay with I'm okay with throwing a flag and and getting it out of the game. They need to get rid of the ejection. It, these ejections are ruining the game of football. And I have I, I was sitting I was sitting at a bar with people who are not necessarily college football fans. And they saw the play and they said this is why I don't watch the game. Kids are getting thrown out. If you watch Penn State versus Auburn, mm-hmm. the kid dives for the head zone and he puts his helmet out there. Of course, he's going to get hit in the head. Right. You're asking defenders, and look, just tell me what you want the defender to do. The defender's job is to not let him score. If he dives head first, he's going to get hit in the head. <laughs> I mean, that's. That to me is if you want to throw a flag on that, if you want to flag them, okay. But you can't throw a kid out of the game because he stopped the guy from scoring a touchdown. Exactly. That that's the that's the part that college football needs to look at. And I've been on this kick and shameless plug, fifth down sports show. We've been on this kick since we started this. Yep. It needs to be it, they need to have one word in there. Encrages. Yes. And if it's if there's a targeting, but it's a football move, the kid should stay in the game. If it's if it's like 
if it's after the play, if it's a personal foul like situation, or you know, the guy had no the, the guy had, had no other option, then yes, throw the guy out of the game. Mm-hmm. But if it's in the context of a football play, yeah, throw a flag 15 yards, we move on. Exactly. I agree. The, I agree. The, the ejection part needs to be scrutinized. You yeah. Because the second part of this is you throw kids out for that. If you start throwing kids out for ticky tacky things, then people like people like me are going to be like, you know what? You're going to get thrown out anyway. You might as well go full tilt. Yeah. And that's what we don't want. We don't want people taking it to the extreme. So you need to, you need to say, all right, it was in the course of a play. Let it go. 15 yards. We move on. Exactly. Exactly, because you're ruining the game. You're ruining the pace of the game, especially with all the target, especially with targeting every targeting play or possibility being reviewed. You slow the pace of the game. So if it's egregious, if it's uh, meant, if it was intent, if the if the kid was intent on targeting and leading with the crown of his helmet, yes, you throw him out. But if it's a if it's a football play, like you said, man, then. Throw the flag. It's 15 yards. Let's move on. Let's keep the game going. Yeah. It, 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 I, I've, had, I've had multiple people get at me and say, this is why I don't want college football. So college, it's obviously a problem, and college football needs to address it. Yeah, they need to address it, and they need to address it fast. Moving on on the College Football Express, the last stand for the Big Ten. Uh-oh. Look, the the Big Ten had had a big weekend. They got they got Penn State. Penn State beat Auburn. That's good. But if you want to talk about the if you want to talk about getting into the playoff, Wisconsin needs to beat Notre Dame. If you're a Big Ten fan, you need to be rooting for Wisconsin. And we'll talk about. I know I know it's one of the topics that we're going to talk about. A, a little later, but right now, you need Wisconsin to knock off Notre Dame because, <laughs> hey, if we've already had Ohio State go down, yep, Penn State and Ohio State are going to play each other, right? So they're going to knock each other out. Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State all all have to play each other, so somebody's going to get knocked out there. Mm-hmm. The only thing you need is a big 10 title game and you have to have some kind you have to have somebody in there who's worthy if you have a two lost wisconsin in the in the in the title game it really doesn't help the big 10 as far as the playoff goes if wisconsin loses here well it hurts iowa's strength of schedule so this is a big moment for the big 10 and in a in prime time, they haven't looked that good. And it's going to be all green at Soldier Field Saturday night. It's going to be all green. Oh, so I mean, this is this is a huge hit to Wisconsin having this game count as a home game, yet it's in Chicago. Seems like a ball game mishap, doesn't it? It's hey. a home game for Wisconsin, and yet. They're going to be seventy thousand Irish fans at Soldier Field. 
Because, uh, look, South Bend is not that far from Chicago, and I know many an Irish fan that will make the trip on the South Shore train. Okay? I've, I've, I've taken that ride from South Bend to Chicago via the South Shore train. Man, more on that at the, at the end of the Express. DJ Graham made the play of the year for Oklahoma. Question, did it save their playoff chances? Uh, Oklahoma, we have, we have to discuss Oklahoma as they're clearly the worst of the top five. Right? They, they, uh, they have been sliding ev- every week. But I am telling you right now, against Nebraska, DJ Graham's one-handed interception, it, I can say it right now. We're three weeks in. That's the play of the year. That was the most amazing interception yep. I've ever seen. And, yes, it was against Nebraska. Yes, Oklahoma should have beat them by 20. But it saved the game. But it, it it did. It ended the game. It ended all hopes for Nebraska. And it was just how you made a catch, diving away from the ball and still caught it. It was, it was the most amazing play. It'll be hard to beat that for the rest of the year. I mean, he. I think he made that blind. I really believe he made that one-handed catch blind. Absolutely. I think he just stuck his hand out and was like, oh, what I found. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to Notre Dame and Wisconsin. All right. It's a primetime game. You know who's covering it. You know who has the call. It's a home game for Wisconsin. And yet... It's in Chicago. It's at Soldier Field. And uh, the Wisconsin fans are going to be outnumbered. And and Notre Dame quarterback, Jack Cohen. Graduate transfer from, you guessed it, Wisconsin. Yep. There's a there's a there's a lot plus add in add in probably the story of the day if Notre Dame's able to win. Brian Kelly with a win passes New Rockney. Yep. In wins in college football. And if you're listening to the show and you don't know much about college football, you New Rockney is a name synonymous with college football. Yes, it is. That's a bit, that's a big moment. So all the big moments are on the Notre Dame side here. It's almost unfair. No, it is unfair. I can't say almost. <laughs> it's unfair for Wisconsin. You know, and like you said, Wisconsin needs to beat Notre Dame, but I don't think it's going to happen. Not in prime time. If this was a three o'clock, if this was a three o'clock game or a noon game. That they have at well, Soldier it is, Field? It, it, it's a, it is It is a noon game. Oh, it's a noon it's, game? Yeah, it's the primetime Fox game. I still don't think. I, Fox does the noon game. Oh, that's yeah. right. It's gonna. You're right. Thank you. I'm looking at it right now on my, my tablet. My producer's putting it in my ear. It is a, it is a noon game. It's going to be Gus, and, Gus, Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt on the call. Okay. So now it gets... No, it doesn't. 
I, I, I know how bad Wisconsin needs to beat Notre Dame, but you have Gus Johnson on the call. It's in Chicago. Half of South Bend, if not all of South Bend, is going to feel Soldier Field. The locals, and I know the lo I'm from Chicago. I know the locals love college football, and if there is a big-time game at Soldier Field, they're going to go buy up the rest of the tickets. This is not fair for Wisconsin, and it's going to be even more unfair when the game starts. This is one of those kind of primetime games, even though it's a noon kickoff. Even though it's <laughs> even though it's a noon kickoff. I how can was let, let's just go into it. How can Wisconsin do the impossible? All right, let's just go there. How can Wisconsin do the impossible? They have they have to make they have to make Jack Cohn beat them. That's that they cannot let uh, Kyron Williams, who is one of the best running backs in the league, they cannot let him run the football. They have to stack the box and say, "Hey, beat, beat us on the outside. We're not letting you run. We're not letting you run the football." <laughs> That's it. I mean, so they have, they have to, to say, so, there's a reason you're not here anymore because you you can't pass. All right. So Wisconsin, as I'm looking this up, and this is according, let me get this right, to uh, sportsbettingdime.com. Wisconsin is a six-and-a-half-point favorite over Notre Dame at Soldier Field. It's an 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff. Why is Wisconsin getting six-and-a-half points on the road? Answer that for me, please. I, I, th I think it's I think Vegas is doing doing the thing. They they just see the at Wisconsin and they they probably picture it at Camp Randall. Okay. There's there's no reason there's no reason to put Wisconsin above Notre. You look just look at the numbers. Wisconsin's 18th, Notre Dame's 12th. Yep. <laughs> and, and yet they have they have Wisconsin favored they have wisconsin favored by six and a half points six and a half points and and it's i i have the number i have the numbers in front of me it's been going up so that means that means the money that means the money is on wisconsin what's the over under i don't have the over i don't yeah. have over -unders. i just have daily the daily uh tracking but it opened at five and a half and it's it's been bumped up to six so and now it's six and a half. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and lock this in and make this my college football lock of the week. I want to introduce that along with the uh, College Football Express. You know, I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't trust Wisconsin in a game like this. I'm going to take Notre Dame, and I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take... I'm going to take Notre Dame, I'm going to take the points, and I'm calling for the straight-up win for Notre Dame. I can't I, trust Wisconsin picked, in a I game like picked, this. I already picked it last night on the show, and yes, I, I picked them as well. I cannot trust Wisconsin in a game like this, even though it's a high-noon kickoff. It's a high-noon kickoff. There's no way, absolutely no way I can trust Wisconsin. In a spot like this, 
and this is a this is supposed to be a home game. Ha! <laughs> that, Do you know how only, green? That's the only excuse I can think of. I can't think of any Do other you, reason to make. Do you know how green Soldier Field is going to be Saturday afternoon? It's again being in Chicago. It, yes. It's going to be all Notre Dame. It's yes. Be all Notre Dame. There are going to be 70,000 Irish fans making a 90 minute ride up to Soldier Field. And most of those, most of those people are coming by train. Mm-hmm. How do I know this? I've done it. I've ridden the train to South Bend for an Irish game and back to Chicago for a Bears game within a weekend. I've done it. Don't, don't forget the people that are going to be just in the parking lot. Just, yep. Just to the, be at the game. Oh, the tailgate's going to be stupid. Mm-hmm. The tailgate's going to be stupid loud. I already know that. Many years of covering high school Catholic League football in Chicago. All right. I've seen tailgates. This one is going to be off the charts. And Fox is calling the game. Gus Johnson's on the call. You can't tell me. I, I, this is my lock of the week. I'm locking in Notre Dame. I'm taking the points. And I'm calling for the straight-up win for Notre Dame. So this is the last stand for, not, not just for the big, but for Wisconsin. All right? This is the last stand for Wisconsin. Last but not least on the Express, why did why is Cincinnati getting played to the left in the rankings? I have no idea what. <laughs> I, 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 need, I, need this, I need this explained. I need, I need to understand this, and I need the audience to understand this. <laughs> and you know me. You know, you know if you've listened to Fifth Down Sports, but you know we love Iowa. Yes. And I'm glad to see Iowa as at where they are. Right, right. But. Iowa entered the season unranked. Yes, they did. They opened the season by beating Indiana. Yep. Iowa went from unranked to number 10 in the country. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. Just off that just off that win, off that win alone, they were bumped up to number 10. Yes. Cincinnati on Saturday beat the same Indiana team. Beat the snot the out of them. The difference is they did it in Bloomington. Yes. They went to Indiana and beat them down. Beat the snot out of them. And Cincinnati went from number eight to number ten. Wait. So How? Let's, let's understand this. Cincinnati beat the same team and they went and they dropped in the rankings. Mm-hmm. I it mean, kick their, kick their ass. It makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> Cincinnati, and I watched this game. I watched this game. My wife woke up and she's in. Uh, she didn't have her glasses on. She says, "Did you?" She says, "Is that Indiana that's playing?" I said, "Yep, they're playing Cincinnati." Cincinnati beat the snot out of them, <laughs> and they dropped. <laughs> I, I, it, it boggles the mind. It makes no sense. I mean, granted, this is not the first time we've seen it, but it boggles me that Cincinnati drop kicks Indiana, and then Cincinnati gets drop kicked down to ten. But going back, going back to the going back to the theme of of this, of this episode here, 
That's why Wisconsin Notre Dame is so big. Because yeah. if Notre Dame wins, guess who Notre Dame gets to play two weeks from now? You guessed it, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. And if that's and again, just drawing the parallels. If Notre Dame beats Wisconsin and Which Cincinnati I think they beats will. Notre Dame, well the Big Ten is now Finished. behind Cincinnati. Finish. If Notre Dame wins both of both of these games, Notre Dame's gonna leapfrog everybody. Which is frightening in and of itself because you know, as we've talked about this entire entire segment, and that's the College Football Express. If you want to sponsor this segment, drop an email to snowmaninthemorning at gmail.com. Chaos. It's what we had hoped for last weekend. Didn't get it. And it's still it's still out. There's a lot of chaos still out there. And props to Florida for keeping keeping themselves in the game. So Yeah. Yeah, props to Florida for doing that. They're keeping chaos. They, they kept the chaos scenario alive. It's it's just a little bit changed, but we'll, well right now all weeks. the chaos rides on Notre Dame, doesn't it? it? This week it does. Notre Dame can throw a lot, uh, throw a big monkey wrench into this, and again, that's why it's a big stand for It's a big stand for Wisconsin. The whole Big Ten season is riding on this game right here. Well, if the whole Big Ten season is riding on this game, Wisconsin's in trouble because of where they have to go, where the game is played, and who's going to be in the stands. Oh, dear Lord. Chaos will reign. I believe chaos will reign supreme after this weekend. That's the College Football Express with Chris Deitch. You can hear us every week, every Thursday, as we get you ready for the weekend in college football. A pleasure, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Always, man. Have a good one. We're about at the end of the road here. We'll come back, and I'll finish it up. This is Snowman of the Morning. Mister, how do you operate this Twitter thing or this Instagram thing or whatever the heck? You're supposed to know all this stuff. Anyway, welcome back to the show. Time for me to get out of here. We're a couple of minutes over. Let me thank uh, Chris Dietz for the College Football Express that you just heard. Also, Rod Peterson for kicking off the show with me. Connor O'Neill joined me as well. And Mike DeBate for a preview of Thursday Night Football. Tomorrow on the program, Mike DeBate will come back. He will be the headliner for Hour 2 as we get you ready for the games of the weekend. And, man, it's been been great. And I want to thank you guys for... Uh, just being there for me and with me as uh, I go through this fight with uh, pancreatic cancer, which it, it's a fight I am going to win, by the way. So just want to put that out there and lay that and lay that out there. Thank you to all the guests that come on to the program. And a quick announcement: what I'm trying to do is get a co-host as well as a substitute host on days where I am not. Uh, physically able and uh, Tuesday and Wednesday provided that case that my wife talked to me about so wife is right she gets another point yet again and I I, I love saying that and I love talking about her Uh, I love you Dr. K I love you everybody that has uh, been with me and uh, my butt's out of here Have a great day. God bless. Remember to make your next move your best move. And always remember, if your dreams don't scare you, then they are not big enough. 
Dream big, do bigger. I am, and I hope y'all are too. I'll have more on this tomorrow. Snowman's out.